We're going to go to the book of Job, chapter number 31. Job chapter 31. And then if you'll find 1 Peter chapter 2 and mark it, we're going to go over there uh, right about the end of the message. 1 Peter chapter number 2 and mark that with a, your, however you might want to mark it, ribbon in your Bible, however you might want to do that. But Job 31 is where we're going to begin our reading. And then 1 Peter chapter 2 for later. And if everybody's got that marked, we can get over there quick and keep on moving. I'm going to read several verses here um, and then pray and we'll be seated. And then I'm going to read the rest of the chapter. It's 40 verses and uh, it's Wednesday night and I'm going to have mercy on you and not make you stand through the whole 40 verses. Uh, but I think it's important that we read the chapter. Uh, and then we'll, we'll go back through it. But, but. So we're going to read, beginning with verse number 1, Job 31, <clears throat> excuse me, in verse number 1. The Bible says, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? For what portion of God is there from above? And what inheritance of the Almighty from on high? Is not destruction to the wicked and a strange punishment to the workers of iniquity? Doth not he see my ways and count all my steps? If I have walked with vanity or if my foot hath hasted to deceit, let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know mine integrity." Uh, like I said, leave your Bible open there. We're going to do some more reading in here in just a minute. The, the, I've titled the message tonight, I Rest My Case. And uh, I believe God has something for us. So we'll, we'll pray and we'll get going. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for the Bible and uh, the lessons that it has for us and the direction. And Father, we pray even tonight that you would certainly use it in our lives to help us, to help us. Help us, Lord, to uh, measure ourselves according to your word, that we would be uh, ready for however you might speak to our hearts uh, tonight, that, 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 that we might respond at the proper time, uh, that uh, our lives might be uh, more of what they need to be for you. Uh, we need clarity of thought and speech, definitely, <clears throat> Lord, and then uh, just boldness of your Holy Spirit to preach this message the way that uh, you'd have it done Lord, please help us. We, we just pray for that liberty to preach tonight, Lord, the power that we need that can only come from you. We're trusting you for these things and ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the Word of God. And please be seated. We'll, we'll continue on there in verse number 7. <clears throat> Let me wet my whistle just a tad. Verse number seven, if my step hath turned out the way, out of the way, and mine heart walked after mine eyes, and if any blot hath cleaved to mine hands, then let me sow and let another eat. Yea, let my offspring be rooted out. If mine heart have been deceived by a woman, or if I have laid wait at my neighbor's door, then let my wife grind unto another, and let others bow down upon her. For this is a heinous crime. Yea, it is an iniquity to be punished by the judges. For it is a fire that consumeth to destruction, and would root out all mine increase. 
If I did despise the cause of my manservant or my maidservant when they contended with me, what then shall I do when God riseth up? And when he visiteth, what shall I answer him? Did not he that made me in the womb make him? And did not one fashion us in the womb? If I have withheld uh, the poor from their desire, or have caused the eyes of the widow to fail, or have eaten any morsel myself alone, and the fatherless hath not eaten thereof, uh, for from my youth he was brought up with me as with a father, and I have guided her from my mother's womb. If I have seen any perish for want of clothing, or any poor without covering, if his loins have not blessed me, and if he were not worn with the fleece of my sheep, if I have lifted my, up my hand against the fatherless, when I saw my help in the gate, then let mine arm fall from my shoulder blade, and mine arm be broken from the bone. For destruction from God was terror for me, and, and by reason of His highness I could not endure. If I have made gold my hope, or, or have said to the fine gold, Thou art my confidence. If, if I rejoiced because my wealth was great, than because mine hand had gotten much. If I beheld the sun when it shined, or the moon walking in brightness, and my heart hath been secretly enticed, or my mouth hath kissed my hand, this also were an iniquity to be punished by the judge. For I should have denied the God that is above, if I rejoiced at the destruction of him that hated me, or lifted up myself uh, when evil found him. Neither have I suffered my mouth to sin by wishing a curse to his soul. If the men of my tabernacle said not, Oh, that we had of his flesh, we cannot be satisfied. The stranger did not lodge in the street, but I opened my doors to the traveler. If I covered my transgressions as Adam by hiding my iniquity in my bosom, did I fear a great multitude, or did the contempt of families terrify me that I kept silence and went not out of the door? Oh, that one would hear me. Behold, my desire is that the Almighty would answer me and that mine adversary had written a book. Surely I would take it upon my shoulder and bind it as a crown to me. I would declare unto him the number of my steps as a prince would I go near unto him. If my land cry against me or that uh, the furrows likewise thereof complain. If I have eaten the fruits thereof without money or have caused the owners thereof to lose their life, let thistles grow instead of wheat and cockle instead of barley. The words of Job are ended. <clears throat> That's quite a chapter. Testimony of Job. You know, an, an affidavit is a voluntary written statement of an individual that has presented uh, as that is presented as evidence in court. It's a sworn statement made under oath in which a person sets uh, forth the facts of a case, and they tell what they know, and then they swear to the truthfulness uh, of the evidence that's presented, and in doing so. Uh, they know that they could suffer the consequences of making a perjured statement. So the person uh, making the affidavit takes an oath, and their statement is recorded and then it's filed. And if the statement is found to be false, uh, it could result in punishment. Now, giving a witness like that under oath is really an ancient practice. 
one of the earliest witnesses uh, that we have of that practice is here in Job chapter 31. Um, Job swears here to his innocence in four big areas of his life. And he gives testimony to his character. He gives testimony to his actions, his desires, and to his heart. And as he does so, he invites serious judgments upon his life if that testimony is, to, is proven false. Uh, for uh, example, in one point, and you probably saw it there, he, he basically says, if, if I was able to help the poor and I kept my money for myself in my hand, may my arm fall off my shoulder and my other arm be crippled. I mean, he said that. If, if I've done that, man, just let me be without arms. So this is Job's final defense. And in it, he takes a very bold and honest stand of his integrity and how he has been through all of this. He, he claims a degree of character, really a degree of character that few men could even match in this sworn affidavit, if I can call it that tonight. He talks here about uh, the sins that he shunned, that he shunned. And it starts out like this, verse number one again. I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? For what portion of God is there from above and what inheritance of the Almighty from on high? And so he said, I have sinned. I, I have shunned the sin of pride. Now, verse number one there is, it's, it's many times it's quoted in the context of lust. But that's not the, the sin that Job was addressing here. I mean, it's very good that we would make a covenant with our eyes, not to think upon a maid, but stay with me here. Come on, it's good. Come on, some, all you men say amen. We need to make a covenant with our eyes. Anyway, but that's not, what, that's not what he's addressing here. A, a maid in this context was a single woman of a marriageable age uh, still within the household of her father. And if Job was addressing the sin of lust, then it really doesn't make any sense that he would restrain, restrain himself from lusting only after, a, only after single women. I mean, surely a man of his integrity would make a covenant with his eyes not to think lustful thoughts about any women at all. And as a married man, Job's covenant had to do with being a one-woman man. This is it. Got one woman. That's my wife. And that's the only one that gains my attention. He wasn't on the hunt for a woman to replace his wife. He, wasn't, he, was, he was not keeping his eye open for a woman that he might add as a second wife. Because everybody knows no man can serve two masters. What, where'd that come from? Anyway, see, back then, a lot of the men, mis, um, come on, brain, a lot of the Middle Eastern cultures accepted the practice of polygamy. And uh, one mark of prestige back in this time and power even was a very large harem. I mean, the more, more wives that they had, adding a wife was like uh, being able to uh, buy a Rolex. Or, or buy a Rolls Royce, or, or own a yacht. It was a status symbol back during that time. The more, the more women that you could add, and the more that you could take care of, I mean, it was an indication of wealth. 
It was an indication of power. And that was the practice that Job had shunned. Job knew that God's design for marriage was a man to leave his home and cleave to his wife, not his wives. He knew that. Come on, it's a Bible principle. Absolutely so. And Job was more concerned with pleasing God than conforming to the expectations of a world that had departed from God's design. No, it made sense there. Look at verse 3. It is not destruction to the wicked and a strange punishment of the workers of iniquity? Doth not he see my ways? Talking about God and count all my steps. And so, so, so he, he was sticking with God and, and, and he said that, that I'm going to do things God's way. But also he said, I have refrained from the sin of being dishonest. This is very good. Look at verse number five there. He, he says, if I have walked with vanity or if my foot hath hasted to deceit, let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know mine integrity. If my step had turned out of the way and mine heart walked after mine eyes, and if any blot hath cleaved to mine hands, now verse eight, then let me sow and let another eat. Yea, let my offspring be rooted, rooted out. So verse number eight is really the key to understanding these verses. Job claims that he did not, that he did not sow, he did not conduct business dishonestly to increase his gain. That he was honest in the things that he did. And he also said when other men walked down that path, that he parted ways with them. He didn't want anything to do with that. No, no, no. He, he was not only honest in his integrity to, to uh, uh, perform business in the, in the right way, but if the others were doing that in the wrong way, he said, I don't want anything to do with them. I'll stay away from people like that. Uh, that's not the kind of friendships I want. And Job invited here, he invited God to weigh all his business dealings with an honest scale. And, and no, no, and he said this, and give his wealth to someone else if he found fault. And so he was an honest man. But then on down here, he did talk about uh, adultery, that he was not going to have any part with that. Verse number nine, if mine heart had been deceived by a woman, or if I had laid wait at my neighbor's door, then let my wife grind into another and let others bow down upon her. You know, while none of his three friends had accused him of, of adultery in that way, Job very apparently had sensed that it was suspected of them. Come on, they were, they were seeking for his sin, weren't they? Come on, they, they were grasping at it. Man, we got to find out. Job, you've been so wicked. You just need to repent of your sin. And so it, it seemed like Job here, he, he must have suspected maybe they, they thought that. And he flatly denies committing this sin. He called it a heinous crime on down there. We, we read. He called it a heinous crime. And he acknowledges that if he is guilty, he will not bear the consequences alone. He says, he says, my wife is likely to be reduced to slavery, grinding for another man. And given the moral climate in which Job lived, she might have been hired to be the concubine of any man willing to pay the price. Come on, if that's the way that was back during this time. Look, <clears throat> all sin, look up here, all sin comes with a cost. All sin comes with a cost. But some sins are more costly than others. That's a pretty good thing to remember. Um, one of the most important commitments 
One of the most important commitments that, that a Christian can make is this, this. If God's against it, so am I. If, if God doesn't like it, neither do I. If God doesn't want us doing it, I don't want to do it. Come on, one of the greatest commitments that we can make is that. If God's against it, so am I. And if we'll keep that, man, I'm telling you, that'll keep us out of a lot of trouble. Job didn't sin, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Job didn't uh, shun these sins out of an elevated sense of morality. He wasn't looking down his nose at everybody. He didn't think that, that he'd arrived, that he was a good man. He did it as a man who knew the mind and the heart of God. He was close to God. And he was convinced that God uh, uh, knew best how to make life work. And he does. God knows how to make life work. And, and he was committed to living God's way and leaving the results of that commitment in the hands of God. That's a great way to live. Are y'all still with me here? That's a great way to live, that we just commit our ways unto the Lord and we're going to follow him and then we allow God to be God and, and uh, give us the outcome of that. That we do the things that God would have us to do, that we shun the things that God would have us to shun, and we know that if we are doing that with the right, with the right heart, the right mindset, that certainly God's results are going to be good as we are committed to Him. <clears throat> but Job also talked about His goodness to others. Now remember, we're looking at an affidavit here. He's swearing to all these things. And in verses 13 through 15, he talks about being uh, fair to his servants. Uh, verse 13, if I did despise the cause of my manservant or my maidservant when they contended to me, what, what then shall I do? Now watch this, this is good. What then shall I do when God riseth up? And when he visiteth, what, what shall I answer him? Look at verse 15. No, it's great. Did not he that made me in the womb make him, make who him? That manservant. His servant. No, he's talking about his servants. Did not he, God, that made me in the womb make him? And did not one fashion not and did not one fashion us in the womb? He was fair to his servants. He said, Man, the same God that made me made him. I'm going to do what I can. Yes, he's one of my servants. And it was, it, was, it, was, it was the custom of the time. And they had servants back during that time. But I'm telling you, he was taking care of them. He said, same God made me made him. Why shouldn't I be fair to him? God's fair to me. Come on, this is a great mindset right here that Job is laying out. And he was generous to the poor too. Verse 16, if I have withheld the poor from their desire, if I have caused the eyes of the widow to fail. He was generous to the poor and he cared for the widow and he cared for the fatherless. We could go ahead and read down through there. We already read it on down for, through verse number 23. I mean, he's caring for the widow. He, he cares about the poor. He's caring for the fatherless. Whatever it took to do what God would have him to do, to live the type of life that God would have him to live. Come on, you say, well, this is just, no, I'm telling you, no, 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 we need some new beginning at this. We need to get a new vision of this, to live the life that God wants us to live. I mean, to, 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 to renew our vision of who God is and what he wants from us, and then to live that type of life. Come on, it's not going to happen unless we make the commitment. It's not going to happen unless we decide we're going to do it. 
It's not going to happen unless we decide we're going to change some things that we've been doing for so long that we've gotten very comfortable with. I'm telling you, and, and, and this, this affidavit he's putting out there, I mean, I mean, I mean, God was trying, uh, I'm sorry, Job was trying his best to live for God. Look, Job's primary motive was not a sense of charity. It was not even a sense of selflessness. No, 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 no. Job gives two reasons here for his generosity. Both he and the poor had the same maker and were in the same image. And it would be a contradiction to claim to love God. Please get this. It would be a contradiction to claim to love God, but to neglect those who bore his likeness. Well, I love the Lord, but, you know, I can't, don't care anything about them. It's that's no no that's not good. And and secondly, he knew that God would hold him accountable. And this is very good. You young people need to get this. All of us need to get this. I'm telling you, he knew that God would hold him accountable, and he feared the punishment of God. It's good to have a healthy fear of God. But he goes on, and he talks about his faithful worship of God. Look at verse number 24. He says, If I have made gold my hope, or have said to the fine gold, Thou art my confidence. If I rejoiced because my wealth was great, and because mine hand had gotten much, if I beheld the sun when it shined, or the moon walking in brightness, and my heart hath been secretly enticed, or my mouth has kissed my has hath kissed my hand, this also were an iniquity to be punished by the judge, for I should have denied uh, the God that is, that is above. This is a good thing to take note of, especially where we are right now. We have no idea what the economy is going to do, do we? I mean, honestly, we, we just, we don't, at this point, we don't. We don't. With some of the things that have been proposed, we could be in a mess. I mean, really soon, we could be in a mess with the economy. But when it came to money, his confidence was in God, not in gold. He made it very clear. His confidence wasn't in gold. This, this, this had been reflected when, when after being stripped of his wealth in one day, we know that happened, Job's response back then was, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, he was a wealthy man. He had a lot of stuff. He was stripped of all of that in one day. And he didn't, he didn't lay there and bemoan that. No, he said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. He worshiped the Creator. And not the creation. Oh, look, verse, verse number uh, 26. If I beheld the sun when it shined, or the moon walking in brightness, and my heart had been secretly enticed, or my mouth had kissed the hand. Uh, <clears throat> Job rejected the, uh, he re- he rejected the pagan idolatry so common in his day that worshipped the sun and worshipped the moon. No, it was a big deal back then. And there's still some of that that goes on. No, today, in the United States of America, people worshiping the sun or worshiping the moon. I I mean, you wouldn't have heard Job pay tribute to Mother Earth. That wasn't going to happen. Or or even thank his lucky stars back there now. Oh, no, 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 no. Job guarded his life against the slightest hint of any paganism or mysticism or idolatry. I mean, he wanted to guard his life completely against that. 
His faith was in God and not the creation of God. And he refused to make an idol of himself. What, what do you mean? Well, he wasn't prideful and uh, taking credit in the blessings that no man can enjoy apart from the grace and goodness of God. He, he knew that all that came from God. So he believed, get this please, he believed in hard work, he believed in good stewardship, and rightly so. But at the end of the day, Job was not patting himself on the back. It says here, kissing the back of his hand. That's what it's talking about, like a pat on the back. Like, you've done such a good job, man, life. You are such a good guy. You have worked so hard. It's all about you. No, everything that happened that was good, he pointed to God. It was God. It was all about him. It wasn't all about Job. He bowed his head and he thanked God for, for blessing the labor of his hands and for safeguarding the profits that came from all of those. With Job, it was all about God. With us, it should be all about God. I'm telling you, every, every good gift, every perfect gift cometh from above. We know we'd have nothing without God. <clears throat> But he also talked about this. He talked about his compassion for his enemies. <clears throat> Look at verse number 29. He said, If I rejoiced at the destruction of him that hated me, or lifted up myself when evil found him, Neither have I suffered my mouth to sin by wishing a curse to his soul. If the men of my tabernacle said not, Oh, that we had of his flesh, we cannot be satisfied. The stranger did not lodge in the street, but I opened my doors to the travelers. Job was free from the desire for revenge. No, no, this is very good. In our day and time, it is very, very good because we live in a very selfish time when it's all about us. And if somebody does us wrong, it's like, I just can't wait to get back at them. It's not the way we're supposed to be. That shouldn't be in our heart. That shouldn't be in our thoughts. That's not the way that God wants us to be. And he didn't want that. No, 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 no. He, he, he felt no joy when his enemies fell. He wished no evil to happen to them whatsoever. And it said there that he restrained his own household from taking up his offense and seeking revenge on his half because many times back during that time, that's what would happen. I mean, the head of the house would be, would be um, wronged in some way and those that were surrounding him would say, we're going to go get, we're going to, we're going to take care of this boss. We're going to get them. We'll make them pay for this. But he said, no, I don't, I didn't want any of that. I wanted to make sure my household was right about this also. That's a pretty good point for us as men, as husbands, as fathers, isn't it? Come on, that we're doing our best to make sure our household isn't holding uh, bitterness in their heart or has taken offense and, and want to uh, get back at somebody for things that have happened to them. But it also said there, and I read it, that Job extended hospitality to the strangers. Now, strangers are foreigners. And in this case, it may have been immigrants. It may have been uh, uh, refugees, spies, travelers. 
but they were men from other lands who, whose loyalties could ultimately lie with the enemy nation from which they came. But, but Job chose to respond to them in kindness instead of prejudice or instead of fear. Job chose to show them the love of God. <clears throat> I, I really appreciated the challenge tonight that Brother Wolfram gave us about trying to get the gospel out to our city. You know, if we're going to do that, we're going to have to decide that uh, we're going to show kindness to everybody. No matter how they act, no matter how they look, no matter what we might think, they all need Jesus. And if we're going to pick and choose because of the way that folks are, we're missing it. We're missing it. Without going into great detail, one of the biggest enemies in my life not long after I got saved, someone that uh, before I got saved, it just probably wouldn't have been a good thing for us to meet up face to face. God dealt with my heart and I went to him with a Bible that I had purchased for him personally. And I sat on the hood of a car and told him about Jesus Christ and how God had changed my life and gave him a Bible and encouraged him to read it. Encouraged him to trust Christ as his own Savior. Now, I'm not blowing my horn. I'm just saying that that should be our heart. And we're talking about, you know, new beginnings. We're talking about new beginnings I want that heart. No, because only God could have gave me that heart. Before that time, it would have been bad if I'd have caught up this guy. It would have been bad. Really bad. But after God saved my soul and changed my heart, all I could think at that very time was, he needs Jesus. He needs to know the Lord. He doesn't have much hope if he doesn't find Jesus. I want to have that heart again. I mean, back being um, full of that kind of compassion. Going back to the beginning. I want people to know Christ. And it really doesn't matter what they've done to me or how they've treated me or what they've said or whatever. I'm going to pray for them. And I'm going to help them. And I'm going to do my best to uh, encourage them to go the way that God would have them to go. And I'm telling you, that doesn't just happen naturally, does it? That is something that is gained when we decide that we are going to give God control of our heart, our life. Lord, I want to be more like you and less like me. I want you to give me the heart that you have for this world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I want to have that kind of heart. That I'm willing to do what I need to do to get the gospel out to the city of St. Joseph, America. And that, and, 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 mm -hmm. 
and that I would be more concerned about their well-being than I am about my well-being. Because we have to remember here, don't we? At this point with Job, he's lost everything. Right down to his health. But still, he's got this heart. And he said, no, no, he said, in my life, this is what I've done. There's a big need for this kind of spirit in the United States of America today. But if we are going to reach our city the way we would like to reach our city with the gospel, there's a big need for this at Riverside Baptist Church. That we would just be asking God to give us this type of spirit, this type of mindset, that we're going to do our best to pray for our enemies. It seems like Jesus has something to say about that. We're to love our enemies and pray for our enemies and pray for those that persecute us. That's uh, real Christianity. That's the real thing. No, no, that's, that's not just the going through the motions, coming to church, carrying your Bible and all that stuff, shining your shoes. This is real Christianity. That we allow God to change our heart. And we're not going to hold... We're not going to hold... Uh, anything in our heart against someone that would hinder us from being moved by God to even go into that person that did us the most wrong if God prompts us to do so. It's just a fact. If God prompts us to do so, we should be willing to go to anyone, whoever God might speak to us about. We should be willing to take the gospel anywhere. Because all people need the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the world's biggest need. It's St. Joseph's biggest need. Let me wrap this up. One of the lessons we learned from this chapter is that character counts. And, and the one to whom it counts the most is God. And the day that it will count the most is the day that we stand before God. Now I want you to get this. No, look up here. I want you to get this. One of these days you're going to stand before God. I'm going to say it again. One of these days you will stand before God. You'll stand before Him, and you'll give an account of your Christian life. You will give an account. Now, thank God we won't be judged for our sin that was taken care of by the blood of Calvary. Amen. When we trusted Christ as our Savior, we don't have to worry about that judgment anymore. But if you've not trusted Christ as your Savior, there will be another judgment, the great white throne judgment, where you will stand before God, and you will be judged for every sin you've ever committed, and then cast into the lake of fire and brimstone forever and ever. But we'll all stand before the judge one of these days. We'll all stand before God one of these days. And then we're going to wish that we would have applied ourselves more than we have. I said all of us at that point. All of us. We'll wish that we have applied ourselves more to what God would have us to do. And the life he would have us to live and how he would have us to live it. For sure. 
throughout his testimony, Job repeatedly affirms that his motivation for doing right was a combination of two things, a fear of God's judgment and a desire to please God. Guys, listen to me. That makes for a good life. Are, are y'all hearing this? No, no, that makes for a good life. What makes for a good life? A fear of God's judgment and a desire to please God. To please God. Lord, help me today. I just want to please you. Lord, I, I, I need the right thoughts and I need the right attitude and I need the right spirit and I need the right words and, and I need your direction in all that I do because, Lord, I just want to please you. Father, I need you to direct every step of my life again and if I come across someone that needs the gospel, help me, Lord, just get the gospel out to people. Help me, God, to, 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 to please you in all that I do. You are willing to send your only begotten Son for me, Lord, that I, might have, that I might have forgiveness of sin, that I might have a home reserved in heaven, that I might have a new life while I'm here on earth. And Lord, I want to please you because you've done so much for me. But God, I'm going to need your help in this because I know me and I know that I, I, know that I tend to not go that way and I tend to go this way. And I know that there's things in my life that need to be taken care of. And Lord, I, I pray that you'd remove the fears that keep me from being what you'd have me to be. And I pray that you'd give me boldness that would help me to, to do those things that, that are going to please you along the way. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a, it can be a great life if we decide that we're going to fear God's judgment and we're going to have a desire to please Him. To please God. Come on, that's good for everybody. There is a God in heaven. He did send His only begotten Son. If you've truly trusted Christ as your Savior, you're a child of God. Why would not you want to please Him? Please Him. Job's life was a reflection of his faith. And he models the truth, this is so good, he models the truth for us that beliefs determine behavior. Now get that, that's that's good, you ought to write that down. Beliefs determine behavior. Because if we really believe that there's going to be a judgment, we really believe that there is a God, we really believe that he, that he sent His Son to die for our sin, we really believe that we've been saved by His grace, we really believe that one of these days we get to spend eternity with Him in a very real place called heaven, we really believe that, 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 that if people do not trust Christ, they're going to spend eternity in hell, we really believe that, we really believe that God has a purpose for us in this life, I'm telling you, it will affect our behavior. But if we have a flippant attitude about that, well, I believe God, preacher. It's not like I don't believe God. Well, the question is, does your life show it in all that you do? No, that's a question here. Job's life showed it. That he really did believe God. And, 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 and if it's true that Job is the oldest book in the Bible and he did not have the canon of Scripture, he was just hanging on to God. 
as much as anything else, how we live is a reflection of our theology. How we live is a reflection, please get this, how we live is a reflection of how much we believe that Bible. Thankful we have His Word. Thankful it guides us if we allow it to guide us. Now, overshadowing Job's testimony here at the end of the chapter is the implication that although Job had lived right, Job implies that God had not treated him right. The, uh, the bitterness, remember back, it, I, I know it's a long time ago, but, but the bitterness that, that erupted in his heart in chapter number 23, well, it's, it's, it's still evident in the final six verses of this chapter. Look at verse 34. Come on, we're, I'm going to wrap it up. Did I fear a great multitude, or did the contempt of families terrify me that I kept silence and went not out of the door? Oh, that one would hear me. Behold, my desire is that the Almighty would answer me, and that mine adversary had written a book. Surely I would take it upon my shoulder and bind it as a crown to me. I I would declare unto him the number of my steps as a prince would I go near unto him. If my land cry against me, or that the furrows likewise thereof complain, if I have eaten the fruits thereof without money, or have caused the owners thereof to lose their life, let thistles grow instead of wheat, and cockle instead of barley. The words of Job are ended. So he envisions himself, get this, no, I'm, 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 we're wrapping it up. He envisions himself walking into God's courtroom like, like, the, like a prince of a man and, and presenting this, this affidavit to God and walking out with the same regal bearing as if he had won the case and God had lost. Now that's his attitude here at the end. But that's where Job erred. That's where he erred. All right, come preacher. Because he's so determined to prove his own righteousness. Get this. He's so determined to prove his own righteousness that he's willing to damage God in the process. How does that apply to us? It applies to people that say to say some that say something like this. Well, I know what the Bible says, but that's just not for me. I live my life the way that I. No, no, I'm I'm right with God. I'm right with God. I know what the Bible says, but <laughs> I've done everything right. That's a dangerous place to get. Dangerous. Really dangerous. He knows that this is not the way life should work. And he blames God. But we have to understand something here. We have to understand something here. God is not to blame. 
we're to blame. What do you mean, preacher? We live in a world that's corrupted by sin. Sin's perpetuated by every generation of men. And the unfairness of life is not a witness to the unrighteousness of God. No, 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 no. But to the sinfulness of man. Because of man's sinfulness, innocent people suffer. But the most innocent sufferer of all was Jesus. So Job, get, come on, I'm, no, we're right at the end here. In fact, you can go ahead and turn over to 1 Peter chapter 2. But Job, for all of his goodness, and man, the things he talked about, that's the way he was. No, the goodness he talked about, it was, it, that's the way he lived. Absolutely so. He was a good man. God said it himself. Perfect, upright, skewed evil. I mean, but for all of Job's goodness in his life, he shows us how much better Jesus is than Job. First Peter chapter 2, and look at verse number 21. First Peter 2, 21. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Oh, I say it all the time, and you already know it, but we're to be conformed into His image, the image of Jesus Christ. We are to do our best with His help to live the way that He lived. And, and here, character counts. We should work at having good character. But in the end, in the end, all men fall short. Even Job. But thank God Jesus didn't. He didn't fall short. He is, a, he is our example. Not Job. I'm thankful for the faith of Job. And the patience of Job we hear so much about, which he wasn't near as patient as some people think he was. But I'm thankful for the faith of Job. Truly. And as we get on few more messages to get to the end. So here's the invitation. How about you? What, 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 what preacher? What, what? Um, can you say, honestly say, can you honestly say that your Bible beliefs determine your behavior. And if not, 
maybe it's a good time to come ask God for some help. Lord, I want a new beginning here in 2021. I need some things changed in my heart that I can't change by myself. I want to start living my life like I believe every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I want to be everything that you would have me to be and less of what I already am. Maybe it's time just to come ask Him. for some help. Let's all stand. Stand with me. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Dear Heavenly Father, bless this time of invitation. Might your perfect will be done in all of our lives, we pray. And thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Folks are making their way to the altar. You need to come. Why don't you? No, you know you need to come. Why don't you? Or make an altar right where you are there. I mean, just some time to talk to God. Lord, I need some help this year to be more of what I need to be. And I know that help can only come from You. He's waiting for You. He's waiting for You. Are You everything that You should be for God? Are You? Are are You doing Your best to live Bible truths? Are you a light that shines? Are you a salt to the earth? Are you what God wants you to be? And if not, you'll not be able to be what He wants you to be without His help. It's not going to happen without His help. 